welcome to another episode of TWSS with Zach and Nicole. Awesome. We are back in the building. We have a new episode. And just before we get kicked off, a reminder to anyone who is a return listener or here for the first time, welcome to TWSS, a podcast about entertainment news, debates, and theories. I'm Zach. She's Nicole. If you like what we do, please leave us a like, a comment, a follow, a share. It really helps us out to get us out there and also just help us engage with you all. So, Nicole, what are we going to be talking about today? Oh, God, we have a lot to talk about. Apparently, this was the week of news. Um, And I would like to say we are heavy on the debate, heavily, more heavily on the theories as well. Usually mine are wrong, but we like to still discuss them anyways. Um, A lot has come out this week. It was, I usually, so backstory, I like to screenshot everything. And then I'll I'll write it out so that way like I know what I, what I wanted to reference. I had like twenty screenshots. There was maybe like two or three things I was like, okay, this does not need to be discussed, but maybe it'll get brought up in a later episode. Um, so wanted to start out with Zach's favorite topic, which is DC. Um, a lot of big news this week, which I I usually wait to save these for the episode because I like to see Zach's genuine reaction. I can see it, you can hear it. Um, so. Um, to get right into it, Discussing Film announced that Walter Hamada is officially no longer the president of DC Films. Um, you know, exciting. Very exciting about that. And then it was uh, maybe later in the day, maybe a day later, announced that James Gunn and Peter Safran have struck a deal with Warner Brothers to co-lead, aka be co-CEOs of DC Moving Forward, which will now be named DC Studios. Um, one of the projects that was there, so there's been a couple of projects that were like, okay, so is this going to get run by both of them? One of them, what's going to happen? So it was announced that the Batman, uh, Matt Reeves, Batman and Joker Foley Ado will not be overseen by Saffron or Gunn, which I am assuming that was done before the deal. So I think it's, um, I don't know their names, but I should, it's going to be, those th- those two will be overseen by the executive producers of um, DC. So I thought this was really interesting. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> when I saw the news about Hamada, I got very excited. Then when yes. I saw the news about James Gunn and Peter Safran, I got even more excited because this is what we've been waiting for for a long time. And um, we've been waiting for some sort of direction with DC. So I think in removing what wasn't working was the good idea. And then bringing in people who have brought some great content to DC so far. You've got someone in James Gunn that I think is uh, well equipped to carry DC forward. Especially with the success of the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. I think he's a great addition to the DC universe. And I think that... Knowing him and knowing his connections, we are more likely to see a lot of great directors come through DC and direct some films. So I was very excited for that. Um, I'm glad that we kept the productions of uh, The Batman 2 and The Joker 2 with their same structures. I think right. that's a great idea. And I think that that's the safest thing we can do. But altogether, I think that making this decision just means that we'll have a better idea of what's happening going forward. 
And and I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, I haven't really dove deep into everything with Walter um, Hamada, but I just know that it hasn't been great. So I'm happy. I was actually like, for me not to know and for me to be excited, I would say it's like a big idea, big deal. Um, something I did not actually, that just popped in my head. So we both saw Black Adam. I saw yes. it last Tuesday. You saw it today. Um I, I think I'm more curious as to what you thought, just because I know I have my own DC thoughts um, on it. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it first. Yeah, um, I thought it was good. I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I felt like I became a real Dr. Fate fan mm-hmm. in that movie. I think Dr. Fate is a very interesting character and I kind of want to read more about him as a character i thought pierce brosnan was great i felt aldis was a little bit overacting at times but he was really good i think the new characters with uh quinzel i think her name is quintessa i think her name is are you talking about Uh, cyclops yeah uh cyclone she was really good um noah centineo was a miss for me personally um still felt they were trying to use like his rom-com skills to create some sort of romantic connection between atom smasher and cyclone but it didn't really work out um but otherwise i felt it was a good movie i was interested by the fact that you know black adam wasn't the champion and you know was gifted those powers and so he's on his own um trajectory i thought that was interesting And I guess it kind of puts things into perspective with Shazam when Mm -hmm. the wizard says that they made a mistake the last time they gave their powers to somebody, realizing that it wasn't essentially that. It was that person they gave it to then gave it to somebody else. And I guess they probably should have figured out a way in which powers can't be transferred. But obviously we can see now that they can because Shazam's a whole family of other shazams so um i thought it was good uh the cgi was a little bit too much for me at some spaces i think the the fight was some of the fight sequences were just like very cgi heavy which i I expect but i was still a little bit like i wish there was a a little bit more practical effects in it there was some humor there as well that i thought was good but nothing that really put me over the top to feel okay this is a great movie um so I gave it an eight. I felt it was good. I think the post credit scene or mid credit scene was a good, um, it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. I think with all the references throughout the the movie to um, Black Adam versus Superman and and what that entails, I think that was setting up whatever this is going to be this this battle between these two foes. I or whether they join together. Um, I think it's right. interesting. And also the, uh, you know, the criticism or the the fanfare recently with Henry Cavill coming back as Superman, wearing the blue suit and not the black suit, and then coming yeah. into John Williams's Superman and not Hans Zimmer's Superman, I think. I felt as a DC fan, that was great. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I want to see a lighter Superman. I don't think Superman has to be dark all the time. So I'm into that. 
Um, but yeah, I felt the movie was an eight. I, I, I think for me and, you know, um, our guest who is going to come on later on at the show, I had a discussion with and I was <laughs> saying that I don't know whether The Rock was the right choice. I think based on looks and everything, especially because The Rock being Black Adam was a fan casting decision that was made like 10 years ago or whatever. I think, yeah, it looks right. But acting wise, I was just like, why are you so monotone? I felt there was a lack of emotion in a lot of things. <laughs> I, I did not feel like he was really the father that he was trying to make himself out to be, that he was he really loved his son. I, I didn't feel that. And as a result, I didn't really connect with The Rock at all. Um so I was a little bit disappointed because I was excited to learn about Black Adam and who Black Adam is, but I didn't leave the movie theater feeling like, oh, this is great. I think the anti-hero, like I said, and we talked about with Phil and Eric about this, like I was super excited for the anti-hero idea. Did not feel like that came across. I did not feel like he was making choices as in killing people to get solutions. I mean, for the yeah. beginning of the movie, he was just recklessly killing people for the sake of killing people. And it's only later on that he was starting to like play with that idea, um, but I, I I don't know I I I left the movie theater feeling like The Rock was a little weak. So yeah, that's my opinion of Black Adam. No, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. And what's funny about it is that I love I watched the movie and I gave it an eight originally, and then. I thought about it over time, over the last maybe almost week, um, and then I dropped it down to a seven because I gave it an eight for the sole fact of Superman returning, of Henry Cavill. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about it, and I've thought about our discussions in the past. I'm like, okay, well, my rating that high should not be based off of a cameo like this because it is somebody else's movie. So I was like, okay, and in all fairness and all injustice, I have to drop it down. Um, I like the parallels between uh, the main girl, her son, and then his son. I like that that was kind of represented throughout the film. Um, so it was great. Like, I thought the plot was good. I didn't think it was great. Um, and then I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, for like 10 to 15 years in the making, like, this is what they did. And not to like, obviously shit on it, not to like, back whatever the rock, but I feel like within that time period with how much it's been pushed back with how much they've had, like as much planning as they've done, like this is the product we got. It was still great. Like it was still a good movie. I enjoyed it. I laughed, um, all the shebang, but I agree with you. I think that the rock kind of fell short regardless of if the character is a monotonal character or I, I don't know the com I don't know the comics as well. Um, but I know that this is like a big anti-hero. And if he's going to be the anti-hero, then stick with it. Then don't change up your attitude halfway. Um, Pierce Brosnan, Dr. Fate, fantastic. Loved his humor. He brought, he was such a great mix. I'm kind of, I am upset that they killed him off, but I had a feeling they were going to do that. Um, Hawkman, Aldous is his name, right? Aldous? Mm -hmm. Um, I liked him a lot. I did. I liked him. I don't think he was overacting, but I did. He had a strong personality on the screen. And I think as like a quote unquote leader of that group, like he had to have that. So I think that's where I disagree with you a little bit, where I, 
I did like it. I did like his presence on screen. I thought he was more annoying than anything, but I loved the banter with Black Adam and him. I thought it was great. Um, because you kind of need those care. You need those like banters throughout a film, anyways. In my opinion, um, to kind of lighten the mood. I kind of agree with you on Noah Centineo's character. Um, I felt like he was trying too hard. I felt like when he came on screen, he was trying to be too funny or he was bringing that like rom-com sense to the screen and you could tell like it was cute and it him reminded me of ant-man because he had to eat all the time and he grew the size and i was kind of like okay like i don't want to be reminded of marvel characters in a dc film um and i even leaned over to kara at one point i was like dr fate literally reminds me of dr strange like this is like an infinity war scene for me um cyclone loved her i thought she was fantastic i truly hope they bring her back for future films along with noah centineo along with all the like with the jsa i i really want to kind of expand on these characters and i feel like we were introduced to them too quickly and that they kind of just got thrown in and you're like okay this is my backstory um so i I hope that they do come into the future i hope that we see them in other projects um, I, I will say I was a little upset that Bla- that um, The Rock did ruin the Superman cameo. He did say it in a lot of uh, interviews and or I didn't really watch the interviews, but I heard that he did like mention it or that he said something. And um, I know DC is very different than Marvel and how they keep their secrets. But I really wish that this one like I would have been like, oh, shit, like that's awesome. But I went into the movie knowing, okay, the, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. Um, so that sh- that kind of thing shouldn't have kept me intrigued. You know what I mean? Like the film itself should have. So I give it a 7 out of 10. Loved Viola Davis's cameos. She was great. I love that she's still coming back for these for this role, even if it's like a cameo, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, Black Adam was great. Can't wait to see what they do with it. Um, but moving on to uh, Marvel. So Agatha Coven of Chaos will start filming on December 5th in Atlanta. Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer did come out. Um, I loved it. <laughs> so it's different that I talked to Phil about this. It is different than what they showed at Disney D23. Um, I know you have thoughts, and I want to hear them. I didn't think it was all that great. I didn't. I, That's I, fair. I, I, again, I think I think it it's it's gonna be funny. I, I was as always, me Paul Rudd. Um, I like that there was this intrigue about the quantum realm, especially with Michelle Pfeiffer being like right. so distant about starring that. Obviously, trust a kid to get us into trouble with Cassie Lang getting us into the quantum realm in the first place. Um. Felt it was interesting that Jonathan Majors was not blue. I think that yeah. was an interesting decision. I I think yeah, it's cool that the helmet itself gives the the blue hue. But I kind of I kind of wanted him to be blue mm-hmm. just for the sake of, of comic accuracy. Comic accurate for just this movie, especially because villains moving forward aren't gonna look the way that they look like as usually do like Thanos. With, not with just Thanos, but like I'm thinking, like Gore from Thor, didn't right. look the way he did. In oh, right, okay. Thor, but I still appreciated what they did. 
I think that a lot of these villains aren't going to look the way that we expect them to look. But again, I think Jonathan Majors is going to do a great job. I think that it's going to be a funny movie. I just was not hooked by the trailer. And again, it's it's going to be like two or three more of these to come. Right. So I only hope that the next few are actually going to hook me. But this one, I did not. So like. there's actually a theory I wanted to bring up too. Um, along with this trailer, because I was I as I was watching it, um, there were a couple of fans that said that the theory is that he is going to ask um, Scott Lang to steal back all the rings that was stolen. So in e- so that's what people are. This is I can't talk today. The theory is is that they're at Phase Four, the Eternals. Um, was it the Eternals? No, Shang Chi, Mrs. Marvel. And then there was a third one. I forget which one it was. I think it was maybe Eternals, but there's those all the rings. So they think that the message that's being sent out is to Kang. And they think that the quest is going to be for Scott to go collect everything and bring it back to him for some kind of destruction or whatever it is. Um, so there's theories that we'll see some of these characters as cameos throughout this film since it's like a quantum race. So I don't know how true that is because we still don't know what he's stealing back or what he's going to get. Um, I like the trailer. I did. I thought it was, it had me on my feet. I loved the suspense that it, it brought and um, seeing, I mean, we've seen like bits and pieces of him from um, images and people recording from D23, but I, I did like it. I, it wasn't, it didn't live up to the hype of what I thought we were going to get, but it's something that's going to keep me intrigued going forward since we only have like four months, five months, four months. Right. But obviously the D23 trailer was the best one. Right. And so we got, we got the scrubs version of it, just the really basic level one. And hopefully by the time we get to trailer number three, we get this, the one that fans saw at D23. And I don't think it's going to, no, right. Um, and I don't think it's gonna be as funny as we're thinking. Like, I think the beginning will be funny, but I it this is like literally introduce like it's the first one in Phase Five, so it's mm-hmm. going to intru- introduce us to the King Dynasty and see where we because then Loki season two comes out that summer. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just I just wasn't infused by the trailer. I didn't think it was all that, but you know, and whatever. that's fair. Not I so mean, ever. And you know what's funny is I don't think any of these trailers that have come out recently, other than I think Black Panther, have really, like, intrigued us as much. Mm -hmm. I mean. I would agree with that. Yeah. Black Panther, obviously, like, um, which I did want to mention, too, that red carpet, like, you can just, I I watched the live, this is probably one of the only live streams I've ever watched for a Marvel premiere. I don't know if you ended up watching it, but no, um, it was it was fantastic. I, I liked and I appreciated that they didn't ask really about Chadwick Boseman. Um, I saw a lot of other interviewers did ask like straight up, like, how did it feel? Um, but they only I think they only asked or they asked questions. The YouTube hosted and then Ryan Coogler was the one who like kind of brought him up and said, um, this is his tribute and he wore the necklace with his face on it. So it was, it was sweet. So I'm excited to see it in a week and a half. Yeah. Um, the reviews did come out. I don't know if you saw them. There was, 
a lot of great reviews and then one shitty one. There was that one shitty one. You know who said it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I do. I was we, I was reading. I was reading. Oh, yeah. I know who said it. We don't yeah. have to get into it, but I I it was an awful take and I'm pre- I'm pretty interested in the fact that it's ha- it has now been changed. So right. what does that mean? So I'm interested to see it. I'm excited. Well, not because of that review, but I'm interested Mm -hmm. to see the... I've always been interested to see the film, obviously, but I'm intrigued because they said the post-credit scene is is the most consequential thing Marvel has done for a credit scene. So I don't don't know... Yeah, I had a screenshot. I don't know if I have a screenshot anymore, but there was a there was something that like post cred pod or somebody posted that said like this is the most um consequential post cred scene that Marvel has done. Interested to see what people say about it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that's why I'm like I'm curious as to what I'm gonna try and find the quote because it was re- I I'm so mad at myself for deleting it. Um. I'll find it eventually, though. But there's been other rumors of stuff they have deleted. And you know how that usually goes. Yeah. Um, but so they are, Marvel is working on uh, Vision Quest, which will star <laughs> Vision. Um. <laughs> Next. I was like, Zach's going to be so not... <laughs> I I know, I know. I just, I wanted to see your face on that one. And of course, Young Avengers is officially in development for a series on Disney+, Plus, which I'm sure they'll announce it next summer. Um, and then I did find interesting, so Jeff Goldblum is in talks, is in final talks to star as the wizard in John M. Chu's Wicked movie. Accurate. Makes sense. Yeah. Like it. I love that for him. Um, Good choice. Avatar, The Way of Water, the final runtime is said to be three hours and ten minutes long. What What did you expect? <laughs> what did you expect? What did you expect? So my first thought was, I was going to say, well, that's a long ass time. But then I knew you were going to come back to me and say, well, you sat there and watched Avengers Endgame for three hours and a minute and didn't move from your seat. So I don't want to exactly. hear shit. Exactly. <laughs> Because you said the same but, thing to me about Zack Snyder's four-hour version of Justice League. And you said, you better sit your ass there and watch for it. Sit and watch it. It's going to be good. You better sit there and watch this Navi run around planes and shit. I better see you watching that movie. Hot take. I am not a huge fan of Avatar. But I'm going to... So I'm going to rewatch it. This is what I've told everyone. I'm going to rewatch it on my big screen. Because I watched it on a little DVD player when I was like 12 years old. And I don't think that was the best way to watch this movie the first time. No. So Kara's already like, you need to watch it. We're going to watch it. Good. So, um, and so this is what I found intriguing about this piece of news. Um, we had, this I also screenshot and sent it to you because I was like, okay, this is, I wonder if it's because he's now Superman again, but um, Liam Hemsworth will take over the mantle as Gerald in The Witcher. The role previously belonged to Henry Cavill. So I'm assuming this is for one of two reasons. Because well, the rumor is that he his publicist or whoever said that he was always meant to be a movie star, not star in shows. (laughs) 
So I don't know if that's, I don't know if, because, so this is how I saw this. I saw on Grace Randolph and she said that he was originally signed on for seven seasons. And then she said, or someone said like, he thinks he's a movie star, not a show person. I'm going to find that thread again. So bear with me. But my theory is that it's because, like you said, he's returning as Superman. But I also think it's because of the rumors of him for House of the Dragon season two. But I could be wrong. I am shocked. Right. That's a take? That's wow. a take. I would I would fire my publicist if I, my publicist says something like that. I don't know if that, that was... Take, a- that takes me out of contention for anything TV related in the future that I might be good for. Well, I don't that, know if that's he... That's a terrible take. Let me look. Oh, so this is, so it, I was close. Um, Grace Randolph had tweeted, okay, here's what Tinseltown is saying about Henry Cavill dropping Geralt, aka The Witcher. His management feels he's a movie star now with the Superman cameo. So no more series, which is why he agreed to new Guy Ritchie film just the other day. And then she had made a comment saying so much for him being a hardcore fan of the show and committed to seven seasons like he previously said. Yeah. All right, whatever, Grace. Whatever, Grace. I, the, we can the take whole, that with a grain of salt, truly. No, it's like it's like the whole thing about you know he's a movie star. He was a movie star before he did right. the show. So right, that's that's a dumb take. Um, I think it's a bad take because it, like I said, takes him completely out of contention for any TV show he might be good for. Now about the, he's a super fan and seven seasons. Like people drop out of shows all the time. Like yeah, he signed a seven year deal. He dropped out, but like. He's returning to do Superman, which is something he also loves, which fans also love. Right. And he's going to earn him a bucket load of money. Like, yeah, of course he's going to go do that. So, like, eh, I don't think it's a bad idea. I personally think Liam Hensworth is a good pickup. I mean, I think they practically look alike. And I think that it it will be, it'll be nice to see that moving forward and see what Liam can do. Because I don't think I've seen Liam do anything... Other than Hunger Games, genuinely interesting since Hunger the Games. Social Network. Social Network for Liam Hemsworth. Wasn't he? No, that was Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I would not funny. confuse the two. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably the Hunger Games would be the the last thing I think he's done that I was like, oh, that was very interesting. So you know, it will. We'll see. Well, well see. I also don't know how much I really take what Grace Randolph says with like a grain of salt, you know. I, I don't think his management team would really say that. And if they do, that's kind of shitty. But But I I agree with you. I think that the two reasons are either it's Superman or it's um it's House of the uh, Dragon. House of the Dragon. I think those are the two and I think if he could do both simultaneously, oh that should be really good for him. Where he would continue to House of the Dragon movies and I mean shows and be called up every single time his character's needed and then do Superman in the background. I think that Well if you think about it if you think about it too, um talking shop on it, Man of Steel 2, whenever it does come out, they probably won't even start filming it until like next fall, early twenty twenty four. Yeah. House of the Dragon, which we'll get into shortly with our with our uh guest star tonight. Season two doesn't start filming until spring of 2023. I think like April, they said, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he has time to do that. And then his Guy Ritchie film, 
whether I think he's the lead in it. Um, I just read about it the other day, but I mean, so it makes sense for him to be like, okay, like, and like you said, bunch of stars, Nina Dobrev did that with Vampire Diaries. She, they all had a six season contract. They extended it for three more seasons and then she left at season six. So mm. maybe he was signed on for seven seasons and then his contract probably only maybe said three seasons or maybe four. And then he said, listen, like, I want to cut out early. Like, this is me giving you guys notice. And because, you know, these things don't really just happen suddenly. In most cases, he's probably been mm-hmm. in talks with James Gunn and all them for, for months since they were like, okay, listen, this is what's happening. Probably since he was in the Black Adam cameo. So um, I don't really think he's trying to be a movie star. I think that he's just going back to what he originally was doing and the witcher gave him a push too i agree um but i do want to get into house of the dragon finale discussion yes indeed house of the dragon how how interesting (laughs) um well we are gonna bring on a very special guest very special probably the best one We'll have someone some near and dear to me, um, <laughs> my partner in crime. <laughs> She's like, "Crap, that's me." <laughs> yeah, it's her cue to come on the show now. <laughs> this is Jenna. Hello, hello, testing. Hello. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jenna, we want to. I want to hear your thoughts first on the uh, infamous, fantastic finale we just had. Um, I told Zach literally last week. I said, "Okay, I need Jenna to come on the podcast for the finale because I'm so curious as to what she thinks. I'm curious as to what he thinks too because we always like certain moments we'll text each other." But um, Jenna, give us a review. Well. Longtime Game of Thrones fan here. Uh, I really liked the first season as a whole. I think the acting was fantastic. The casting was insane. So, so good. Um, I missed the community of watching a show at the same time every week and then running onto Twitter uh, and (laughs) making sure that everybody else was kind of feeling the same things as me and kind of the memes and TikToks and things that come out of it, I think it doesn't get better than a Game of Thrones series. Um, but for the actual finale, I mean, oof, where do we start? So many things. So many things. Um, I, I kind of want to start with um, yeah. Lucerus. Ooh. I kind of oh. want to start there because that scene was hilarious. Like, why? Why even? Because, okay, I was talking with a friend at work, and I was like, if I was Lucerus, and I show up at Storm's End, and I look up, and lightning cracks, and I see Vagar in the lightning crack. Oh, yeah! I'm, I'm back on my dragon headed back home. I'm like, <laughs> I give the knight the message, and I'm like, deuces, I'm going oh my God. I was yelling. I was yelling at my screen. When he was, like, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump two scenes from, to that. Um if you guys are okay with that, I, he was in the sky and mind you, my sister and her boyfriend are just like chilling, like they're in their room and I'm watching it and he's like in the sky and he gets like, it's 
the rain and all that shit and the beautiful, the beautiful shot of of the other dragon on top. I was like, oh, this boy is done. Like, there's no way. And then he gets into like the clear sky and he like he's looking around. I go, boy, you better fly. You better run your ass. And then as soon as I saw the big dragon, I yelled. I'm like, oh, I go, fuck. And Katie goes, are you okay? I go, no, this kid's a dumbass. Oh my God. That. It's kind of like, you know, that scene with uh, Recon Stark and Battle of the Bastards where everybody's screaming, zigzag, zigzag, like, just do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Away. And then he gets hit with, you know, the arrow from Ramsey. Dumbass. It's, it's basically the same thing where we're just like, run, get out. Um, there was another scene I wanted to bring up because this one, so there's only, and I was telling somebody yesterday, there's only three scenes in Game of Thrones. I've and and House of Dragon is only one. Um, only three scenes out of this whole series I've ever had to close my eyes for. The beginning when she's giving birth of of the episode of this episode when uh Renera is like standing there and she's about she's giving birth and then you see the baby's head. I was I had to cover my eyes, and then she just let the baby drop. I was like, I the I vividness of the scene was both incredible but disturbing and it just showed you in a sense where she was at with it she's like okay my my home is taken over um my father's dead i'm having a baby like what did you think i mean how much loss can one person endure right like she lost her dad the relationship with her best friend her crown or her kingdom and her baby in the span of like Couple hours. Yeah, I, I, I was like you. I was shocked we were watching. Yes. Honest, I was like, I can't believe we're actually seeing a miscarriage on TV. Early, 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 like a perform, a performative. I mean, there was like three or four like super traumatic births over that one season. Yeah. It started in the first With the episode. first episode? Yeah. But I was like, I can't believe we're watching this. And then I knew she knew. We all knew she oh, knew. Oh, yeah. 100%. And then when the baby was, she freaking gangster and delivered the baby. Right, right. By herself. She was like, I know it's dead. And she was doing it by herself. I think at that point, you knew, like, no balls hell. Like, she's she's going to destroy shit this season, next season. You knew she was in for a fucking fight. So... I thought that it was it was so harrowing, but yet you knew you realized the strength of her character. You knew yes. who she was at that mm-hmm. point. You realize like she's lost so much and yet she's continued to be who she is and she's still strong in this moment. And I mean to deliver a child by herself. With a lack the, of support from Damon. La- too. Yeah, with a lack of support from Damon. And then to to be able to continue to run or at least plan to to uh, an assault for your kingdom. Like I mean, within the span of a couple of hours, like insane. So I think, and everyone's saying on Twitter and everything that you know, I don't want to hear any excuses about what she does moving forward. Right. She's lost so much that whatever she does now moving forward, it's it's completely all game. Like, yes, she can only win. It's justified. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Anything from here on out is justified for sure. Um, I also think it's interesting, like, when her mom, you know, died in the first episode, 
I don't remember the quote exactly, but she was saying, you know, this isn't going to be me. I'm not going to be right. You know, bound by a man and children or having to deliver and, and possibly face this death, you know? Um, and I think it's just really interesting, the timing of it, you know, she goes into labor, the men are downstairs at the war council, like trying to plan and, um, figure out what their attack is going to be. And she's stuck upstairs in labor. And I think the, the kind of gender dynamics with that are really interesting because it doesn't make her any less, you know, um, important in the scheme of what the plan is, but her being taken out of it because she has to labor is really interesting. I almost feel like in that in that scene as well, when all the men are planning and she's up there, I feel like she was almost at that point, yeah, she was giving birth, but I feel like she was forcing the baby out more. And she was like, she finds out her dad's dead, that now Aegon is king. And she's like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, And then the stress of it does put her in her labor. Um, I do want to also mention, though, I found this scene very interesting, the whole Damon and her, like, um, Emma Darcy. And they had... Um, discussed the scene and said that um, Bernera and Damon as actors understood that in that scene the intimacy it was going to provide the audience but also like who Damon really is in that moment like he wants he's upset that his, his brother is dead but he's also like we need to go get the crown and the way he choked her I was like oh so we like this is how it's going to be now. Like I, like you, you, th- you know, he truly loves her, but he's like, this is not about us at the moment. This is about taking back what is rightfully ours. So yeah, I don't know. I if you- oh, sorry. Continue. Oh no, no, no. I was going to say, so I don't know what you guys thought about that because that one definitely like, I was like, Oh, so we're, we're, we're going to pull this move now. I think a couple things about that scene. I mean, I was surprised at that scene to see him get so physical um, with her. I mean, we don't know. It skipped six years into their marriage. So we don't really know what the dynamic has been for them over the last six years. But I think in the books, they're usually pretty in sync um, with what they want and their goals and where they're going. Um, I think I have two thoughts on what it could have been. First is that's when she tells Damon about the prophecy that he had no idea about and I think for her in that moment realizing that like her dad really only had told her just solidified to her that she was legitimate as his heir and that he did her father did take her seriously seriously enough that he didn't share private information with anyone else clearly that was only her um and I think Damon reacted to that as like wow he never actually saw me as a legitimate heir he never told me this Plus, he's grieving the loss of his brother in his own way. Um, I also think that um, that scene might kind of show possibly... Oh, gosh, I lost my train of thought. You could fill in it while I... I was thinking, like, (laughs) it might might even show, like, how Damon Damon realizes that his only way to to success is through Rhaenyra and, and realizing that, you know, he needs to support her in this situation because normally like like you were saying like normally somebody says something to him that challenges his authority he's gonna choke her out and kill her. but i think he realized that if i do that i'm actually choking out the one person who puts us back into contention but right. power and so i think there was that sense of i can't go around just killing people aimlessly 
that she is the queen. I mean, really. he did kill his first wife. To uh, be fair. Yeah, but I, I think I think maybe he was more like I am killing the queen, and who's who's rightfully supposed to be in charge. So maybe it was like, or or it could be genuinely like he does have for Rhaenyra, and and there was that sense of I can't just kill you. But I I don't really know. I felt that scene was a little bit off to me personally. Yeah. What were you going to say? I remembered my thought, guys. <laughs> um, I was going to say another thing that I thought was interesting is, you know, he kind of was like, you're speaking like your father. Like, you're, oh. you know, the king always talked in prophecies and like his prophecies were just ruled his life. Um, and you sound like your dad. And I think when Damon and Rhaenyra had those scenes earlier on in the season um, where she's like marry me you know let's do this thing together i think he thought he had someone who was more like-minded to him and what he wanted and how he went about things and when she started kind of sounding like the Sarahs, he might have been like kind of taken aback by that like this isn't what i married like that i'm i married you and the not dragon right you, you know i don't know i mean but i like the episode i thought it was um i knew we weren't gonna get into a battle i knew we weren't gonna get them going to King's Landing. Um, but I, I, it, and I had read that the producers understood that people weren't really fond of the time jumps, but they said that it was necessary moving forward into the rest of what they do with the show. Um, season two, we will get Winterfell and I guess we're going to get a Stark and I forgot who else they mentioned, but they said we're going to get Winterfell and a Stark and those characters are going to start like trickling in. Um, the look at the end with Renera when Damon is the one, which I thought was interesting for Damon to be the one to tell her, but I think that that was a good decision in the sense that he knew what her kids meant to her. And it was, it was Matt Smith's decision. Was it? Yeah, that's what they were saying. Like, oh Matt yeah, Smith was the one who decided that he felt he was the one to tell her to take her to the fireplace, tell her. And then have her turn around towards camp. And that was All one that of work was Matt Smith. That blocking. Which is why I'm like, Matt Smith needs to direct something in the next couple of years because he's the one with all these bright ideas and improv scenes that seem to really kick it off. I think he'll direct in season two, to be honest. Like I, I wouldn't does. doubt it. Um I did want to mention this one though, because this one I, I I absolutely loved. Um so I like that when she tells her boys when they're when they um, volunteer themselves to go be the messengers she tells them okay you are a messenger in this you are not a warrior i don't want you fighting anyone i don't want you doing this like this is your sole purpose like there will be a time and place for fighting and then he gets to stone's edge i think it is um storm's, storm's edge storm's end storm's end um to give over the note i love that um Amond tried to fight him, and Lucerus did bring out his sword. But then he realized he's like, "I'm not fighting you." Like he stuck true to his word till the end, and he flew away trying to get away from it. Um, that was just something that really stuck out to me in the episode, knowing that like he was till the end, he was sticking to his mom's word. He wasn't gonna fight. He was just the messenger in that situation. Um, but any. Any thoughts? Any ratings? Um, did we think that this was a, 
where would we place this episode based on like the whole series or the whole season? Um, definitely my top three. Top three episodes. I I don't think it's number one. No, I, I was gonna is, say I can't remember, but there is one episode where I was like, "Ooh, this is probably episode seven, six or seven. That one was the one I was like, "This is an episode. I I love everything that's happening in this episode. I love the the behind the scenes manipulation and all of it. Like I was like, this is the one. So I think it's definitely up there, top three for me. Um, but I mean, even like with Coralus coming back into the fold, I was, I was super hyped about that because yeah. I really missed Coralus, and I think that he's an important character moving forward. But yeah, definitely top three. Where, where mm-hmm. would you put it? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I really liked it. Um, I definitely liked it better than the episode before, though I did enjoy that as well. I felt like this episode made a little bit more sense to me. Um, but I know it was kind of like. Um, I think it was Ryan Condal. I can't remember who it was. Somebody said that they were kind of supposed to parallel each other the last two episodes mm-hmm. um, and kind of show Allison's take on it and then uh, yeah. Um So I thought that was really interesting and it gave me some some things to think back and maybe I'll rewatch that second to last episode and compare it to what we saw in this one. Um, I really liked the earlier episodes too. Like too. I thought that the younger actors that played um, the main characters were fantastic. And so I, th- I I would have loved to see a whole season of them, but I understand that they just have so much to fit in four seasons and to get the narrative where it needs to go, they had to take certain cuts and liberties. So I don't, I can't think of a way that would have worked better necessarily, but I would have loved to get to see those younger actors um, have even m- more episodes. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I liked I, d- I have to say, regardless of, like, how many time jumps we had, I, I agree with the producers in the sense that, like, it it needed to happen mm-hmm. in order to show, like, to get us close to the Dance of the Dragons. And I know that we did miss, like, me and Zach said in earlier episodes of the podcast that we would have loved to see Renera and Renera helping Allison get ready for the wedding. We would have loved to see the wedding of, like, Allison's and Viserra's wedding. Like, we would have loved to see these scenes, but... I'm sure there is a reason. I'm sure that there's always a reason why these scenes are cut. And I'm sure it just wasn't as critical to the show because you can already see like the, the hate Allison has for Renera and what she's been doing and the jealousy and everything. So um, would it have added to it? Probably, but everything happens for a reason. Um, but a- any other thoughts, anything else you want to add for the finale of the show? Anything you're looking forward to for season two? I I can't believe we have to wait till 2024. I have missed the show so much, but I have not missed the waiting periods in between the shows. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with season two and where they take it. And I think they're going to stick with these actors for quite a while now. I don't think they're going to do many more recastings no. or anything. I think they'll stick with people they got who are fantastic. I think it's really, really well acted. I've really enjoyed watching the performances. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm kind of gutted that we've got to wait two years or something. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, we move forward. I'll probably end up rewatching Game of Thrones again or something mm-hmm. just to kind of hold me over until next season comes back or even doing some, some reading. I actually mm-hmm. think I'm going to read. Uh, I'm proud of you. If I'm nice, whatever. Um, so I, that's, I think that's the next step for me is actually read it and get 
mm-hmm. deep into the lore. Yeah. So I can, when I watch the new season or season two, I'm like mentally prepared for what I'm seeing. Yeah, I've been told to. Um, I've just been told they're hard reads. Like, it's hard to get through it, but I feel like it'll be worth it. Just to understand, like, more of the lore and more of, like, who these characters are, what they're doing. Um, I know a lot changed in the sh- both shows. So, or not a lot changed, but, like, certain actions. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, do you have anything you want to you wanna add? Nope. <laughs> um, anything else you want to touch on um, that we previously discussed in this episode? Uh, let's make DC great again. Ah, blessed. <laughs> I hope so. God, what's our next DC project? Oh yeah, it's freaking Aquaman. <laughs> well, we still got Shazam Fear of the Gods, so. Oh yeah, but Aquaman comes out before Shazam. Okay. Hot take, I don't think they cut out, I don't think they cut out uh, Amber Heard. Probably not. Probably. That's a discussion for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a great place to end. <laughs> That was a, another episode of TWSS with Zach. And Nicole. And Jenna. And Jenna! And we will see you next, next time. time.